Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. When you see kids do crazy things like that and you see them crush it, literally, I mean, they are doing amazing things. Let's not ever limit ourselves, right? Let's not ever think in our heads that we are limited. We can crush life. We can crush it in our jobs. We can crush it in our marriages. We can crush it in our relationships, in our dating relationships. Wherever you're at, you can crush it. You can crush it. I love that term. I know it's not something we use all the time, but... um, I think it's pretty amazing. So this morning, we're going to crush it. Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to crush it. Here's a guy we want to celebrate. He is my son-in-law. He is our, uh, our, our production uh, director. He, he does all the graphics. He does all the, the things you see visually. He creates and designs. And uh, he is also going to be and is our youth pastor. And that is Josh Ness. Come on up. <clears throat> And uh, we just want to take a moment. We don't do this all the time, but on significant days um, when you're growing old, uh, we want to celebrate Josh. Josh turned 30 last Friday. And uh, yeah, Yeah, it's looking for gray hair. Yeah, it's it's coming. Don't worry. Don't knock bald. It's a good thing. All right. So we just want to sing happy birthday to Josh. And and uh, let him know we love you, we appreciate you, we appreciate all you do, and uh, you, you have a good team, you do a great job, and I'm excited to see what you're going to do with our youth, and uh, just very, very proud of you. So um, let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Josh. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) And let's pray for him. He made 30 years. Let's hope he makes another 30. Um, And uh, you're half of me right now, which is pretty amazing. That's incredible. But let's pray and ask God's blessing on his life. God, thank you so much for Josh. Thank you for what he does here at Journey. But most importantly, thank you for who he is as a man, a dad, a husband, a uh, leader, uh, our youth pastor, um, all that he is. And I just pray, God, that you bless him, continue to bless him, Lord. And I just know that you're going to do great things in his life. We thank you for everything he is and everything that he does. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah, and if you want to, you know, shake his hand and leave a little something in that hand, um, feel free to do that. Um, God bless you. Yeah, you never know what you might get in your hands, so be careful. Um, we just want to encourage you. Uh, I'm so excited about 40 Miles of Prayer, and um, we have been praying and walking for, for miles. And if you look, I, I want to fill this wall up, you guys. So keep, go get your footprints. If you walked at all this week, make sure you go get to the green wall, get your footprints, Put them in that basket. We'll put them up on the wall for you. But we want to keep making sure that thing grows and extend that road if we can. And and so the black ones are the the miles or the the fact that we walk for the week. The green ones are invites. Anybody invited anybody to church, whether Easter or any other time, um, get a green uh, footprint. And then the little ones are the kids um, walking as well. So uh, make sure that you get 
uh, your footprint and make sure that you understand or that we can see the progress that we're making in making a difference in our community. I thought Leanna put that really, really well. Well, we're talking about crushing it. And we're not talking about the kind of crushing it that Brad Paisley sings about. I don't know if you're a country music uh, fan, but Brad Paisley sings a song called Crushing It, and it's all about beer cans. And um, <clears throat> we're not talking about that. And so uh, it's, it's a funny song. I was listening to it. How, how many country music fans do we have here? All right. I'm sorry. And, and so, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, all, I, I love, you know, you know what happens when country music gets saved? You get your wife back, you get your dog back, you get your truck back, you get everything back. <clears throat> it's pretty funny. But crushing it has some synonyms. And if you ever heard these synonyms, it's like uh, crushing it, you hit it out of the park. It's another way of saying crushing it. Nailed it. Bingo. No? Okay. Uh, killed it. Killed it. That's a contemporary one. Smashed it. You smashed it. You slayed it. You slayed that thing. Good job. You rocked it. You tore it up. You shredded it. You blew it up. You're out of this world. You blew my mind. Those are all kind of synonyms for crushing it. And the whole idea is not to think of crushing it in the negative sense, but in the positive sense. You're winning. You're, you're, you're overcoming. You're, you're making a difference. And you are mastering life. And really what you're doing in crushing it is living life to its fullest potential, which is what we want, what we want to see happen, what we hope and pray for in all of our lives, that you and I would all live up to our potential. We would crush life. We would crush freedom, live in the context of freedom instead of bondage and, and strongholds and all those kinds of things. And so today we are going to talk about crushing freedom and demolishing bondage or strongholds. And what I hope and pray today is that all of us will realize that there are influences or enemies in our lives that want to and desire and their, their sole goal is to keep us from freedom and keep us in bondage, keep us in a, in a context where we're constantly feeling like we're burdened, constantly feeling like we can't go anywhere, do anything, feel good about ourselves, any of that because we are in a stronghold. And so a, a spiritual stronghold is simply this. It is a deeply rooted thought pattern dom dominated by our three opponents. Listen again. A spiritual stronghold is a deeply rooted thought pattern dominated by our three opponents. And those three opponents are this. They're the world, our flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Let me define those for you. The world is that invisible system of ideas Activities and purposes that Satan rules in opposition to God and his rule. So the world is this system of beliefs, the system of thinking, or the systems of influence that try to get us to uh, follow a path that the enemy would have for us rather than what God would have for us. And a scripture that makes sense of this is James chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 
Whoa, that's a crazy statement. But basically, the whole idea of the context of the world is that this world is a, an evil influence. It's a, an influence that is uh, negatively uh, trying to get us away from and not focus on who God is and live a different life in bondage rather than a life in freedom. That's what the world is trying to do. And we'll make more sense of that as we go. The flesh is the second enemy that we have, our flesh. The flesh refers to uh, living out, one's own re- out of one's own resources instead of out of Christ's resources. So our flesh is uh, the enemy. And if we let the flesh drive the car, then it's going to drive us into destruction. It's going to drive us into uh, um, uh, some bad things that we don't want to have happen. In Romans 8, 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So when we are able to take our minds and not let the world influence our minds, not let the flesh flesh drive our minds, then we are able to live in the Spirit or follow God and let His Spirit live in and through us. And then the last enemy is the devil. The devil is the supreme adversary of God and is the leader of the spiritual forces of evil. And that's exactly the, the, the goal and the ambition of the enemy is this. In 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. We suffer because the enemy is trying to devour us. And if we give in or we loosen up or we give into the, the, the way of thinking of the world and we don't have the word of God in our heart and we don't pray and we don't seek God and we're not hanging out with the people that influence us well, then we're going to go down a path and be in a context in which I would define as a stronghold. These three opponents keep us from experiencing life to its fullest. Life to its fullest. Crushing it is about crushing life, crushing freedom, crushing hope, and crushing joy. The enemies of these things are strongholds or barriers. They're hurdles that we either put in our own lives or the enemy and the world tries to wrap around us so that we, because a stronghold is just that. It's a bunch of walls, and you're in the middle of it. And the goal is to not live in a box that the world establishes or that our flesh creates or that the enemy develops. The goal is to live in the freedom of Christ. The beauty of knowing that our sins are forgiven, that our our lives are full of the Spirit, and we can go and live in freedom knowing that we don't have to live in shame and guilt and all that other stuff that goes on. And we can experience life to its fullest. I hope some of you here are understanding that your life may not be living to its best. It's, it's, it's bound up. It has a stronghold. There's something that, that's wrapping around you. And, and it starts with our thinking. And it starts with our belief systems. And understanding that I have to get out of this thinking. To, believe, to, to understand what life really is truly meant to be experienced. You see, the world crowds out life 
to its fullest. It, it, it wants to make us busy. It wants to tell us what, we're, what, what is important. It wants to define our priorities. It wants to create something in us that helps us think and understand that um, we need more. We have to have more. It's all those kinds of things that, that uh, take up our life. The flesh gets in the way of experiencing life to its fullest because our flesh, if we let it drive us, these appetites, the appetite of our flesh is, is going to want to satisfy those appetites. Now, not all those appetites are bad. We kind of tend to fixate on, on um, like an appetite of sex or an appetite of greed, uh, things that, that we look at and we kind of define and we try and make those the big sins. But there's all kinds of sin. In our world, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, gossip is in the same list as that of murder. Yeah. That's crazy to think that that sin is in the same list as the, the big sins. You know, those, those crazy things. And here's what I believe about sin in most cases, not every case, is that most often when you and I give in to sin, we're actually trying to satisfy a need that God wants to satisfy righteously, but we're satisfying it in our own way. Sex is intended for marriage. We kind of want to get that pleasure before marriage. And that's, that's, there's a good place for it, but there's a wrong way to get it. Money is the same way. We, we want to cheat on our taxes, but we don't want to trust God to provide. So we cut back on our tithe and we don't. You see how it goes? I mean, there's all kinds of different ways of thinking. We want to we share what we know in our heads. We want to share information to, with people that don't need to know that information. That's gossip. And gossip hurts. Gossip destroys. Gossip tears apart um, all kinds of unity and togetherness and all those things. And when we are involved in it, it is part of the, the, the stronghold of the enemy. And I've seen it not just tear apart families, but churches and organizations and all kinds of things. It's as dangerous as any other sin. And the devil is the liar, the deceiver, who will do anything short of righteousness to derail our lives. If there's ugly stuff going on in our lives, or if there's repetitive stuff going on in our lives, I would imagine that there might be a stronghold that today God wants to break in your life. He wants to destroy it. He wants to demolish it. He wants to crush it and then let you crush life and freedom. We should be experiencing life to the fullest. So a spiritual stronghold is a deeply rooted thought pattern dominated by our three opponents. Those three opponents, again, are the world, the flesh, and the devil. So how do we do it? 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6 says this. And this is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. The, the church of Corinth has become kind of a, a troubled church. It's become a church that has issues, has people inside of it that are, are trying to divide and create division. There are uh, all kinds of different situations. And uh, Paul is addressing one of these situations. And basically the situation is this. I'll read the scripture and then explain it. But he says, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. So he's basically saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a softer guy in your presence, but I'm pretty strong in my words when I write to you. 
I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. So Paul's dealing with some complainers saying, hey, Paul, you call yourself an apostle, but you're really two-faced. You're all soft and meek and grace-filled and all these things when you're present, but when you write, man, you, you bring the hammer down. Why don't you be consistent? And Paul, an apostle called by God, is leading a church. And trust me, there are people in this room that would prefer me to come to you and get up right in your grill and, and tell you, man, you're a sinner. You need to get your heart right. And there are other people in this room that like, you would, you would go, I'm done with you, dude. Don't ever approach me like that. And you need a soft approach. I pray every time I meet with someone that God would just give me wisdom, that God would give me the right heart, that God would help me understand the needs of the person, whatever the situation may be. And that's exactly what's going on with Paul. But here's what the enemy will do all the time, especially when leadership is being led or when, when someone is, is doing something that people don't understand or agree with. The first thing they get that, that they want to do is attack the person that's leading and attacking Paul and saying, Paul, you need to doubt yourself. You need to question yourself. You need to understand that you aren't doing it right and you aren't the leader that, you, that God has called you to be. The first tactic of the enemy is to get you to doubt who you are in Jesus. Every person in this room, if the devil can help you believe that you're not worthy of his love, that you're not worthy of serving him, that you're not worthy of, of, of receiving his grace that was given and, and that he died for on the cross. If, you, if, you're not, if he can convince you of that, he's got you in a stronghold. If he can convince you that you can't overcome the weakness that you have in your life right now, if he can convince you that you're a nobody, that you can't overcome sin in your heart, in your life, in your practices, whatever it may be, then he is going to do everything he can to get you to believe that so that you can continue to be in this stronghold. And we have to believe differently. You're a child of the king. In you is a greater power than the power in the world. That there's nothing that we can't overcome. There is nothing that we can't experience in the power of God. That, that there's no sin in my life that can't be defeated by the cross. Amen. As long as I surrender it there. Anybody uh, communicate differently when you text? Versus when you're present with someone? I have really strong feelings about that. Caps, all caps. That means you're yelling when you're texting, right? But then when you get in front of the person, it's like, well, you know, I was kind of feeling, that hurt a little bit. And I was, you know, I, can we talk? But when we're texting, that's kind of like what, what's going on with Paul. Here's the, here's the thing. The world will tell you who you are. Your flesh will doubt who you are, and the devil will do everything to destroy who you are. And we have to remember those three things. The world will try and tell you who you are. Look at the, the commercials. Look at all the, the values that the world puts out, and it says, if you really want to be somebody, this is how many followers you need to have on Instagram. This is how many 
TikTok followers you need. And if you're not monetizing your TikTok, then you're no good anyway. No one wants to listen to you. All that kind of stuff. Only God can make you who you are meant to be. Verse 3 in the same passage in 2 Corinthians 10 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have weapons. We have tools. Have you ever heard that? I've got a knife and I'm not afraid to use it. We've got tools. Our tool is truth. Our tool is the Bible. Our tool is what God says about us, not what the world says about us, not what my flesh wants to doubt about me, or not what the enemy wants to destroy in me. Our truth is God. And what God says about me is I'm a child of the King, I'm worthy of the cross, and I have been uh, saved, I am now delivered, I am set free, I am no longer controlled by sin, I'm no longer controlled by the world, my flesh, or the enemy. Why? Because the Jesus who lives in me is more powerful than everything outside of me. Amen. Whew, that's preaching. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience, obedient to Christ. So there's, there's two things there that are really important. One is the demolishing of arguments that set themselves up against the knowledge of God, and then we take captive all of our thoughts that are opposite of what God wants us. And so we control. We are in control. There, there is, there is, we are not out of control. That's why one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. When the Spirit is moving, we have self-control. When the flesh is moving, we're out of control. When the world wants to control us, that, that's riots and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's world influence. That's stronghold at work. When everything's going crazy, when fits of rage are happening, it's, it's, it's the, the world um, influence. When we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take captive. We don't let the enemy. He's, he's, he's in control of, I mean, God controls him, not the other way around. The enemy is not the one who has authority over our lives. God does. Amen? Now, the enemy can have an influence in the world, and he's been given the freedom to do that. Our flesh isn't, doesn't have to be in control of us. We don't have to feed every appetite this body says it's hungry for. Believe it or not. And I'm, I'm, my, my most aware appetite is my hunger. And you know that. If you've been around here at all, you know I'm in love with food. And it could be my stronghold. I have to be careful there. Because I'm a comfort eater. I'm like, oh, I got to worry. Food. Solve that problem. Let that little anxious emotion go away with a taquito or a good tortilla and cheese or some butter and some cinnamon, sugar. Rolled up with some almond milk. All right. 
Mm. I'm distracted. As you can tell, it's a stronghold. Paul's response to his adversaries were like, I don't fight like the world fights. I don't fight like the world fights. It looks different. We have different weapons. We don't fight with words that are, are mean and mean-spirited. We don't get involved like the world gets involved where we, we come at person, people and we, we tell them what we think of them and all those kinds of things. Uh, we wish we did. I mean, we, we wish we could. I think I've told you before, I have a, a, a little bit of this problem at Costco. When I'm pushing a cart, and I've got an objective, and that is to shop and get what I need. And there are other people in Costco that do not have that objective. <laughs> Their objective is to have lunch at every one of those little snack places. And their objective is not to think of anybody else but themselves and put their cart right in the middle of the aisle. That is of the devil. Now <clears throat> to watch what goes through your mind, because if I said everything that I thought in Costco, I'd be right at this altar first thing. But I don't, because the spirit is controlling, hopefully. Not all the time. And I have self-control, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit in my life. And because I'm a pastor, too, that helps. Pastor goes off at Costco, (laughs) gets arrested. We don't fight like the world fights. We don't fight like the world fights. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 23 shows us what the difference is between a person who is in a stronghold and a person who is set free. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the resume of the world. Listen to it again. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is, those are people and those are actions that uh, people have that are filled or are involved with a stronghold. And I would imagine that there are people in this room that are like, well, I'm glad I don't belong to that list. There are other lists. But most importantly, it's not about this list. It's about the next one. It's but the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit. But the, the, the outcome of a completely surrendered life to God looks like this. Love, joy, peace forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So against, against the things above, there is a law. You do those things, you are held captive to a law. You're guilty. You should feel bad. You should have shame. These are shameful things. But if you have what's below... There is no law. 
There's freedom only in those expressions of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, good, or goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the, the freedom. That's crushing it. When you see the fruit of the Spirit come out of you and you experience the joy, the love, joy, peace, patience, and all those things, that's freedom. Tell me a, a person who's in relationship with another person who wouldn't love to have all of those things in the context of their relationship. And you'd be going, oh, I love this relationship. It's free. It's not full of guilt and shame. It's not full of envy and, and jealousy and fits of rage and all these kinds of things that happen in relationships. Love demolishes hatred. Joy demolishes sadness and discord. Peace demolishes dissension, factions, and fits of rage. Forbearance demolishes selfish ambition. All of those things, all of these things are, are the antithesis or the freedom, the things that we need to crush. But we don't crush with the fruit. We crush with allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us. And then the fruit of that is the crushing. Right? We let the Holy Spirit come in and we, we allow the Holy Spirit to do his thing. And then the result of that is fruit. We don't, you know, we, and I've, I've illustrated this before. We're not, we're not the tree and we're not an apple tree and we're going, okay, I'm ready for fruit. No, a tree, that's, that's a tree that is absolutely connected to its nutrients and everything automatically puts out fruit doesn't try it just does and that's the goal for all of us is to experience the power of the holy spirit moving through us now what has to happen how do we defeat a stronghold in our life the first is to realize that most strongholds are things you and i are holding on to we're trying to protect something in our lives. We're trying to, to solve the, our own problem, our own way, or we're trying to hold on to something that we enjoy, that we found, like me and food. I mean, I, I, I want to so much just eat every, all that I think of eating. And if I did, trust me, I, we would need to redesign the stage. Because I, I just love food. But we can't let it be something that we hold so tightly to that it controls us. And there might be something we need to let go of. There might be some there's lifestyle change that we need to change so that we can experience the freedom of the fruit instead of the captivity of the actions of the flesh, or the actions of the world, and the influence of the world, or the, the intentions of the enemy. Strongholds are usually things that, that we're holding on to. They're things of the world. Things that, that the world tells us are important. The things that we believe because the world tells us. Let's stop believing the world and let's start believing the Bible. Let's start trusting what the Bible t tells us and let's let go. If you want to let go of, of, of fear, you have to have faith. If you want to let go of gossip, you have to understand, you have to pray for wisdom on what to say to people that brings life instead of death. And the Bible tells us all of these things. The only way to overcome a stronghold is to let go and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to clean house. And let go of those things. If you're addicted to porn, if you're addicted to, to drugs, if you're addicted to something that is keeping you back, 
from experiencing life to its fullest, you have to let go of those things. And you have to repent, the Bible says. We have to repent of the sins that we're committing. And if those things are, are sins in your life, then you have to say, I'm going to get rid of them. I had a, 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 a person in the church call me up this week and say, Pastor, I need to meet you at the church. I met him here, and he handed over some stuff, and he got rid of it. That's how you repent. <clears throat> That's how you get rid of the strongholds in your life. And, and the continuation of that is to let the Holy Spirit completely clean that out of our heads, not just our hearts or our hands. We've got to think differently. We must not play with fire. We must not play with fire. The Bible says we resist the devil in James 4, 7, and he will flee. We have to resist. We have to flee temptation, 2 Timothy 2, 22. We have to look for the way of escape, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I love that passage. I call it my, my roadrunner passage. Mimi, pew. Because the, the 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that, that there is always a way of escape. That when sin is present or when temptation of sin is present, there's always a way out. You guys, there's always a way out. If the door isn't open, that's a good time to jump through the window. But there's always a way out. Most often, for me, it's calling a friend. Saying, hey, but I am tempted right now. I'm frustrated. I'm going through stuff. I need help. And I want to just trust in my own ways. I want to think in my own path. I want to go in my own direction. And I got friends that are like, are you nuts? Come on, give it up to Jesus right now. That's the most effective and most powerful tool I have in my belt. Letting everything go, not playing with fire, resisting the enemy, fleeing temptation, look for the way of escape, be full of God's word. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Our best defense against the stronghold is to fill our hearts with God's word. And that stronghold will begin to be the new one where truth is your surrounding, where, on, where God's word is the most powerful protector of our hearts and our lives. If you believe you have a stronghold in your life today, I want to pray about it. I want to pray today that God will let you let go of that stronghold, whatever it is. And I hesitate to, to I mean, if you want to go through that list that I read from Galatians, you can't, or you know what God's speaking to your heart right now. There's things that are holding you back. There's things that are keeping you from moving forward. Whatever it is, I believe God's going to set you free today. And you're going to crush freedom. You're going to crush joy. You're going to have so much joy in your heart and your life. You're going to demolish those strongholds. And you're going to yield your life to the freedom that God has for you. I want to pray with you right now and believe that God's going to do something very, very significant in this very moment. God loves you. You've not done anything too bad for him to forgive. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be held captive by it. He wants to give you hope and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit, and he is going to set you free right now. We have to clear our hearts. We have to clear our minds. Some of us will have to go home and demolish things, shred things, whatever it takes to clean it up. That's true repentance. 
Maybe some of us have to confess to a friend. Say, hey, I need support. I need accountability. I need encouragement. Whatever it is, God's got a plan. And I'm excited about it. And he's going to set you free today. Father God, I believe you're moving through this room this very moment. I believe you're touching hearts. I believe you're speaking loudly to hearts and lives. To all of us that are are caught in something, that are held bondage to something that, that, that controls us. It's our go-to instead of going to you. It's our go-to instead of trusting and believing the truth of Scripture. And Lord, I pray right now for all of the people that are being spoken to right now in the name of Jesus that you begin to release them from that bondage, that you release them from that guilt and that shame, you release them from the pain and you release them from the influence of the world, the appetites of the flesh and the, 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 the destruction of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Here's what I want you to do and I feel the Lord, Holy Spirit just telling me to encourage you. You don't have to say it out loud but you do need to say it. What is that stronghold? Speak it to God. You don't have to speak it to your neighbor. You don't have to speak it out loud. That may be embarrassing. But what you do need to speak it to is God. You need to name it, whatever it is, whatever that bondage is, whatever that, that, that stronghold is in your life right now, name it. If it's greed, if it's whatever it is, if it's porn, if it's uh, uh, gossip, if it's it, fits of rage, all those kinds of things, whatever it is, just name it right now and let God release you from it because he will. He will, and he wants to. Just let go of it. Give it to him and allow the Holy Spirit to right now set you free. You no longer have that stronghold in your life. Now God is in control. Now God is the one who has full authority in your life. Now God is the single influence in your life that can make a difference, that can help you experience the joy of life and, and living life to its fullest potential. The enemy will do everything to destroy, to steal, and to kill your life. He wants to, God wants to set you free right now from everything the enemy is influencing in your life. He doesn't want you to listen to the voice of the world. He wants you to listen to his voice, his word. And he's setting people free right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that as people release and speak their bondage, speak their stronghold to you, Lord, that you will completely release them. Give them wisdom on what to do when they get home. Give them wisdom to do it the next day and the next day and the next day. And Lord, I pray that we would be able to support as a church and encourage growth in these areas. And Lord, I just believe that you are releasing people to live to their fullest potential today. And I thank you for that. Lord, we want to crush life. We want to crush every day. We want to crush the hope and the strength and the encouragement of knowing, God, that we are living life at its potential. And I thank you and I praise you for that. And maybe you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The first step to crushing anything in life is realizing that God wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to give you freedom in your heart to know that he is providing eternal life for you and that he died on a cross that he rose again the third day and that he is coming back for you 
and we're going to spend eternity with him, that's amazing. That's the hope. That's the strength. That's the encouragement we have. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I just want to encourage you today to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I accept your forgiveness because you died on the cross for me. And I thank you for that. And I believe that you were raised from the dead and that today you live eternally. And I will spend eternity with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.